Let me uh, talk to you about my Patriot Supply. Um, in the next uh, 45 minutes, I'm going to explain what you're hearing from Moscow. And I think I will be able to show you why you should prepare for, you know, bad times, bad times. Um, uh, you're going to you're going to want to call my Patriot in 45 minutes. So just remember my Patriot They're giving you uh, their three month emergency food kit with an additional $200 uh, bonus uh, that uh, has all of the other preparedness equipment that everybody in your family needs. So you'll get one for each uh, three-month emergency food kit. MyPatriotSupply.com. Do it now. America. Oh, I've got some things to share with you. First of all, Janet Yellen was in Kiev. Isn't that great? Everybody's going to Ukraine, a country best known for Chernobyl and money laundering. Fantastic. And we're going to be with Ukraine for as long as it takes. Well, that's kind of a problem with for people like uh, Putin. I'm going to put this into perspective and I'm going to give you the actual facts on what they're saying and what it all means. I think you might uh, have your eyes opened a little bit on what we are facing. We begin there in 60 seconds. Sometimes you get into the ring and just, you know, life knocks you down round after round and pretty soon you're like, Mick, cut me, cut me. And you want your eyes cut, and that never works out well, and the pain goes on and on and on until you face the Russian. And then your body is just so inflamed that you need relief factor. I know, I know. Life rarely takes you into the ring with a big Russian. Well, maybe soon, but uh, it does feel like a beatdown all the time, doesn't it? Our body suffers from inflammation. That's where most of our pain comes from. Try the three-week quick start now of Relief Factor. Thousands of people have ordered it. About 70% of them go on to order more month after month because it works. So try it for three weeks. If it's not working for you, stop taking it. But see if it works for you. Be part of that 70% that got their life back like me. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. ReliefFactor.com Okay. Uh, Dmitry Medvedev. You remember him, right? He's the former Russian president, then became the prime minister. Uh, and uh, Medvedev came out yesterday and uh, said, hey, there's a real nuclear threat if the U.S. continues to supply arms to Ukraine. 
he wrote an op-ed piece in the state-run newspaper. Second time now in three weeks, he has, and Vladimir Putin, has invoked the nuclear option in an effort to deter the U.S.-led NATO alliance from arming Ukraine. Medvedev, who was president between uh, 2008 and 2012, currently serves as the deputy chairman of the powerful Security Council of Russia, dangled the prospects of talks while demanding shipments of arms to Ukraine be halted immediately. Now, he's echoing the words that were uttered Sunday by Putin. He wrote, any existential threat to Russia would not be decided on the front in Ukraine, but would spiral into an existential threat to all of human civilization. We do not need a world without Russia. Now, most people who are not paying attention, and I mean politicians, do not know what that phrase means. We do not need a world without Russia. Let me tell you what Putin said over the weekend. The U.S. and its NATO allies want to inflict a strategic defeat on us. The aim is to make our people suffer. How can we ignore their nuclear capabilities in these conditions? They've tried to reshape the world exclusively on their terms. We have no choice but to react. If Washington gets its way... Russia will be divided into Moscow, the Urals, and other disparate regions. It would be a world without Russia. Okay? A world without Russia. We don't need a world without Russia. This is a very important phrase. Now, Medvedev went on to say... The threat against Russia is an existential threat to all civilization as we don't need a world without Russia. Our enemies are doing just that, not wanting to understand that their goals obviously lead to a total fiasco because everyone loses a collapse, an apocalypse when the former life will have to be forgotten for centuries until the rubble ceases to emit radiation. Okay, that's pretty strong. But you don't know the half of it. I want to take you. Um, I want to take you to what that phrase means, and then I'm going to pick it up with the rest of what uh, Medvedev said. But to understand this, you have to first understand the origin of that phrase. I have for a long time read everything I can on uh, Dugan, Alexander Dugan. Really bad guy. Been telling you that for a long time. He's a, quote, traditionalist. Um, but that's a capital T traditionalist. This is, a, this is something that he is using to further his goals. And I think you will understand his goals. There's an award-winning journalist um, in Moscow that has, um, has been speaking out against Dugan. And I want to just read something that has been translated into English that was written about him on Dugan. And he's he's warning people. People are um, dismissing him as a petty fraudster interested in nothing but money. 
The consensus is also that Dugan is a windbag who excites only Western political scientists. A few half-witted and certain bohemians who've snorted their brains out. But I warn, we shouldn't underestimate his influence, no matter how crazy we find his ideas, especially because those ideas tend to become reality. I remember accidentally attending a lecture by Dugan on angelic entities in the late 90s. It was an unbearable exercise in transcendental sophistry, dealing mainly with the image of Lucifer, the fallen angel. There were about 20 people of indeterminate age and gender in the auditorium, and I thought at the time that perhaps they, too, were fallen angelic entities who have come to listen to a lecture about themselves. Then in the, uh, he says, mid noughties meaning, in, you know, in the zeros, I ran into Dugan uh, at a gig at the Akira Club. He dearly loved English apocalyptic folk music for its commitment to Nazi Satanism. His daughter, Daria, apparently did as well. Now, remember, Daria is his daughter that was just killed in a car bombing that apparently was meant for him. Uh, I recently saw a post about how she did the Nazi salute at a death in June gig in Moscow. I, you know, I stay away from those gigs. If it's death in June, I did. Anyway, uh, it was also around that time that I visited the summer camp of Dugan's Eurasian Youth Union. Now, that sounds good. A building at a dilapidated holiday resort near Zevengrad uh, that had been rented for this purpose. There were not many young people in attendance, about 30 or 40. Many were wearing Russian peasant shirts because Dugan has realized, had realized that his Nazi Satanist strategy had not a great future in modern Russia. So he had declared himself an old believer. An old believer is, I mean, if the FBI thinks the people who think that, you know, a 1962 Vatican II was too radical, uh, an old believer is an Eastern Orthodox Christian who thinks that the um, reforms of 1652 and 1666 were too modern. Anyway, before meals at this camp, a round-faced bearded man would proclaim in his bass voice, angels at the table, and they would present and cross themselves. At night, the young people lined up with lighted torches on the banks of the Moscow River to take the oath of Eurasian. Back then, Dugan adored the black magic ceremonies and rituals. The wording, the wording of the oath was pompous and not bereft of poetry. I recall that the word will was intoned more often than curses against Atlanticists and Atlanticist liberals that would be us the people of the sea as he calls them or atlanticist people of the north atlantic treaty will in mind will in mind the puny lads and lasses repeated in unison after dugan 
It would have smacked of triumph of the will were it not for the outward appearance of the young Eurasians, which was far from Aryan perfection. At the time, I couldn't have imagined, of course, that a goofy postmodern cult would someday become the ideological mainstream and that by 2022, the entire country would be caught up in this sect. In 2011, the party youth under the leadership of Dugan staged the occult mystery play Finis Mundi, The End of the World, at the ESM summer camp. Daria, that's his daughter, by the way, played the role of the sacrificial victim who voluntarily self how do you say it? Um, immolates he sets herself on fire in order to save russia as the girl is burning a man's voice proclaims cross yourself with fire burn up in the fire and save your diamond from the black furnace now the director of this play said we have to bring the end of the world closer There is only one means of curing the world's disease, and that is burning the world, which I illustrated in the play's final scene, in which the burning of the universe takes place. In the finale, Dugan came on stage and said, we have lived three days of our life toward death. I do not think the scenes you have staged need to be deciphered. The world's end is the task that faces you in the future. The writer writes, it is obvious that Dugan is obsessed with the idea of bringing the world to a purgatory apocalypse after which the great Eurasian Empire, the end of the world, um, will be born. Uh, When the conservative turn dawned, Dugan moved away from occult postmodernism, focused instead of the topic of tradition, for which there was a sudden demand. The Kremlin had been fanatically searching for new ideologies with which to oppose the official enemy, liberalism. Dugan finally turned from a bohemian guru into a sought-after ideologue of the regime. There is one convincing bit of evidence that speaks to this being the case. In 2014... Dugan ended his programmatic article about ideology of the new Russia as follows. Russia will either be Russian, that is Eurasian, that is the core of the great Russian world, or it will disappear. But then it would be better that everything disappear. There is simply no reason to live in a world without Russia. Vladimir Putin said in an interview just recently with TV talk show host Yippity Yip Yap on the topic of the nuclear threat. Why do we need such a world if there is no Russia there? Dugan seemingly managed to captivate the dictator with his most terrible idea. Listen to this phrase, the hastening of the world's end. Now, who else is hastening the world's end? We've heard that before. Heard it from the Twelvers in Iran, the extremist, I guess, Islamic-related cult hmm. uh, in, in okay. Iran, pushing for the end of the world to hasten the apocalypse. 
He says, in this context, Daria's death appears especially ominous. Many people were struck by the young woman's funeral. Uh, They were struck by the behavior of a father who had lost his daughter, but delivered propaganda tirades in an unnaturally trembling voice and appealed to Russians to fight to the bitter end. Moreover, I had the strange feeling that Dugan was directing this uh, spectacle. Perhaps I'm mistaken, but this looks as if it came from the playbook of the stager of the occult mystery plays and black masses. And I'm uh, and not that of a crook from the state Duma. If we assume just for a second that this might be true, it really gets creepy. He said, quote, we will go to heaven and they will just drop dead. Putin, when asked to explain what the phrase means, we don't need a world without Russia. Uh, he um, couched it in the dialect of the back streets. It is the uh, language of the world's end. It sometimes seems to me that they have already made the final decision. They have not only canceled Ukraine, but I believe they have canceled the world. Again, the phrase is really important. There is no reason to live in a world without Russia. Dugan is encouraging the hastening of a new world order. He does not believe uh, Armageddon brings heaven to earth in the way Christians normally do. He believes Armageddon will renew the earth, and Russia will lead the world. There just has to be some Russian leadership left. Okay, now I'm going to give you the rest of Medvedev's um, uh, interview or, or his opinion piece. It is really important that you hear it, and then you hear our response. I don't believe anyone in this administration, I don't know if anybody even in the Pentagon is paying any attention. Somewhere, deep in the bowels of the CIA, there is somebody like me who's done the research and are like, guys, can I just get a few minutes here of your time? I don't think you understand what you're dealing with. I hope somebody starts to pay attention to this. Because if this is correct, we are in for a completely different ending. Sponsor this half hour is Preborn. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I feel very uh, strongly about abortion for several reasons. My son could have been aborted, uh, but uh, he was adopted by his mom and me instead. His birth mother was unbelievably courageous. She was, I think, 14 or 15 years old. Uh, She found herself pregnant, and she knew she didn't want to kill the child because she knew it was a child. So she carried carried him to term, and we were there at his birth. I am also um, uh, very involved now in this process because I believe it can redeem us. I really truly believe that unless we turn back to God and then repent and then put action to our words, 
we're not going to survive. The protection has been withdrawn from us. I truly believe this. It is so important to help save his children. And there's an easy way to do it now. It's with an ultrasound. When you give a woman who's pregnant and thinking about an abortion an ultrasound, she is twice as likely to choose life. I think the number is 60 or 80% more likely to choose life. That, that's an amazing stat. And especially since ultrasounds are only $28. $28 or $140 helps to rescue five babies' lives. Can you call down the blessings of heaven and help us? Dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. It's pound 250. Keyword baby. That will just... Just 28 bucks, but you can give anything. $28 will give an ultrasound at a preborn clinic. Pound 250, keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash Beck. It's preborn.com slash Beck, sponsored by Preborn. 10 Second Station ID. All right. Um, at the start of the month, Medvedev said any attempt to take Crimea would result in, quote, the flaming of all of Ukraine and with the forces at Russia's disposal, including nuclear weapons, in accordance with our doctrinal uh, documents, including the fundamentals of nuclear deterrence. All, U- all Ukraine that will remain under the rule of Kiev will burn. Now, he is quoting Clause 19 of the Russian Fundamentals. Russia may use nuclear weapons, and I'm quoting, in the event of aggression against Russia with the use of conventional weapons when the very existence of the state is threatened. Now, I am wildly against all of this stuff. We have got to stop this war path. Um... Uh, but I could be wrong. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, I host an all-sides debate. I have Jerry Boykin, who's going to say, we've got to arm Ukraine. And I have Andy Biggs, who's leading the legislation to stop it. And I want to hear from both sides. There's no paper uh, tigers here. The best arguments for and against tomorrow, 9 p.m., blazetv.com. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, let me tell you about Rough Green. Cheryl wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She said, I was actually skeptical that this would have any effect on my dogs, but the difference is unbelievable. I ordered this when my 11-year-old dog had to have some surgery and wasn't doing well. Within a week's time, she was playing like a pup. Totally amazed at how much better both of my dog's digestion has been as well. Thank you, Rough Greens. Rough Greens is not a dog food, but a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, and you sprinkle it on the dog's food, and it's chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it is probably in Rough Greens, and most dogs love it and will go crazy for it. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it that they have a special deal for you. You just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, and they're going to give you your first bag free. That's right, free. All you pay for is shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLENN33. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck or 833-GLEN33. Call them today.
Now, if Glenn is correct, you can watch the show at blazetv.com. But if you go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn, you will save 10 bucks. Wow. So the U.S. Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, uh, has got so much time on her hands, she decided to make a surprise visit to Ukraine. Uh, where she announced uh, a $9.9 billion package of civilian aid to Ukraine. Um, and it's going to be great. It's, uh, she says, our, our funds help pay for emergency personnel, from firefighters who answer the call when missiles strike, to medical professionals who treat the sick and wounded, um, and also uh, schools. We're going to make sure that the uh, school teachers Get a raise, which is weird because wasn't the uh, head of the teachers union in Ukraine about two months ago? And we were all like, what is she doing over there? Why is the teachers union of America over in Ukraine? I wonder if they got a new union and they're demanding a pay raise right now. I'll tell you that. They're paying pensions over there now. Yeah. yeah, Maybe it is tied in. Yeah. Yeah, so we got that going for us. Another nine point nine billion dollars uh, to pay for their schools and, and everything else. Um, and I like this quote: "As you have said, our support is not charity." This is what Yellen said to Zelensky. It's an investment in global security and democracy. No, it's really not. It's really not. But I bet it is an investment. I just wonder what we get really in return. Now, one of the people, one of the architects of all of this is uh, Victoria Newland. If you don't know who she is, you should go back and watch our uh, special on Ukraine. She was the woman who really designed. I mean, we have pictures of her handing out cookies at the uh, revolution against Russia in 2014. Uh, she was great. She was great. Uh, she was our uh, undersecretary of state. Uh, for Eurasia and the Ukraine, and uh, and she was wonderful. She spent a lot of time there training people how to be a rebel and rise up in the streets. And so we paid for that, your tax dollars. But she was also very, very close. She was the liaison between um, President Obama, Vice President Biden, and George Soros, because you wouldn't want to have direct connections there. So she was meeting with George Soros like once a week and helping get the funding that he needed to set up his little anti-corruption thing in Ukraine. Now she's back, uh, except this time she's got a little bigger role. Uh, she's um, she's now the um, the hang on the undersecretary. Or the assistant secretary of state. She's like, I think she's like number two in command. I don't have it here. Where did it go? Anyway, she's she's a bigwig now. And she's just weighed in. Uh, and she said just uh, yesterday, Washington supports Ukrainian attacks on military targets on the peninsula. That would be Crimea. And called for it to be demilitarized. Crimea was illegally annexed by Russia from Ukraine in 2014. Okay, all that's true, except here's how the Kremlin responded after the U.S. crossed every imaginable and unimaginable red line. Today, the U.S. State Department actually announced that it was going to war with Russia. I assume this is how we should interpret Newland's statement. 
There's no need for halftones. The U.S. is an enemy of Russia, a military adversary. So that, I mean, that's really, that's great. Really, seriously. Oh, by the way, China will target the U.S. homeland in a war if we go to war with Taiwan or to protect Taiwan. Uh, they said uh, it would be a, a major war and we, China, we will attack the American homeland if a war erupts over Taiwan or anywhere else in the Indo-Pacific. Uh, uh, they said that they would do cyber attacks on our power grid or on our pipelines. Uh, we will erode the will of the United States public and erode support for a conflict. So we, we got that going for us. Uh, but by the way, we are not antagonizing China while we are antagonizing Russia. We're not doing that. Um, yesterday, uh, we, set, we got up onto our horse. I think it was the really, really high horse that we were on. And we said, Beijing, you need to come clean about, you know, the origin of COVID. Okay. You need to tell us. And China must be thinking, really? Should we? Because you were funding it. You were doing it with us. Uh, You want to come? You want us to come clean? Because we will. Well, we're now up on our high horse saying, boy, oh boy, those darn Chinese and that laboratory leak. You better come clean. China uh, has responded now and said, um, you should probably quiet down. The origin tracings uh, is about science and should never be politicized. China has always supported and participated in global science-based origins tracing. Yes, they should and have. And China uh, recommends that the Americans stop rehashing the lab leak narrative and stop smearing China. Okay, I'm excited to see how this all works out. Oh, by the way, remember Stu mentioned earlier the 12th, the mom. I'm sorry if you haven't listened to this show in a long time. There's a lot we need to catch you up on. But if you have, you know who the 12th, a mom is. You know what that belief is and where it comes from. It's from Iran. Uh, Iran looks like they may train Iraq's armed forces. Which would be even better. <laughs> you know, for Israel, because uh, they'll have a nuclear weapon and then they will be training the Iraq armed forces as well, which would never happen. By the way, I just mm, I just want to point out who was it that said at some point the radicals, the communists, the socialists, the anarchists, the Islamists will all see an opportunity and they'll all work together to destroy the Western world and America. It's almost like that's happening, wouldn't you say, Stu? It does have uh, echoes of that. I mean, just we have a really impressive way of bringing people together. You know, uh, yeah. So you wouldn't Don't think we? those groups, those disparate groups, would be working together. But I'll, I'll say this: there was a time people might remember it when Iran and Iraq were at war. 
They hated each other. Yeah. And now they're they, training each other's military. Right. They what a wonderful never, they development. They will never get together. Uh, <laughs> They'll never get together. We have magical, uh, magical touch with this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's just great to see. So. Bring, it's friendship. All right. Would you talk me down on this uh, Dugan stuff? Can you talk me down on that? Um, I, I talk you down from the Dugan stuff. I think, well, the, the, especially the phrase, a world without Russia, there's yeah, no need uh, to live in a world without Russia. Putin uh, is saying it. Medvedev is saying it. It comes from Dugan. And that is in, in his language, there's no reason to uh, uh, live in a world without Russia. So we will, uh, just annihilate everybody. We go down, we have to annihilate everyone. The only thing that you can say, I think, on this is Russia does make a lot of grandiose statements about all the things they're going to do, and often they don't do them. Sometimes they invade Ukraine. <laughs> so it's not a, a guaranteed rule that what they say they don't do, but they do make a lot of, you know, a lot of statements that are grandiose about defending uh, Russia and uh, attacking their enemies, and obviously they're not—they haven't fired the nukes yet. Uh, but I, I come back to this: where you have a—if you think of every movie you've ever seen, I pick the greatest general in the greatest movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know whoever you want it to be. Sure, whatever movie you remember, the person who absolutely could with it with a scalpel. Go through a situation like this with with just incredible precision and navigate incredibly difficult waters like no one else. If you had that person in charge of this process, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. you might, might have some confidence that it's going to work out well, mm-hmm. right? You might mm-hmm. say, okay, well, this is incredibly difficult, mm-hmm. but we've got a surgeon. Mm-hmm. This guy knows exactly mm-hmm. how to, 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 to do this. Mm-hmm. We do not have those people in charge right now. <laughs> yeah. If we if we had Reagan in his prime, even then this would be incredibly risky. Remember what Reagan was doing was trying to de-escalate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're doing the opposite and hoping at the end it doesn't wind up literally blowing up in our faces. Except this isn't peace through strength. Right. No, okay. it's a totally different thing. It's a totally different thing. We are getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and everyone on Earth knows it. Did you know that Iran just parked some of their uh, some of their uh, battle cruisers in Brazil? We said to Brazil, "Do not allow them to dock." Brazil was like, "Yeah, we're going to let them dock." Mm. Do you think that would have happened just even five years ago? Yeah, and I think like when someone is starting, someone who's usually strong begins to feel weak often what that person does or that like it happens in the animal world all the time the animal puffs their chest out it has some sort of you know uh, the feathers uh, flutter out that when they feel threatened that's what they do and i feel like that's a lot of what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. you know we are we see we do see russia as a threat i think it's a legitimate threat you know i think because the left and the media has done all this russia 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 stuff over the past few years We've forgotten that Russia's actually really bad, and then they do a lot of things that harm the world, uh, and they they are doing that in Ukraine right now. I'm interested to see Jerry Boykin's, um, the general's, uh, right. Me too. Uh, arguments because my guess is while he can, he's been in in this fight for a long time. He's going to see the threat from Russia. I doubt though he has 
A, any confidence in this administration to navigate these waters successfully, or B, actually supports the exact steps they're taking. It's one thing to say, hey, you know, we can do some stuff for to help Ukraine push them back, wear down their military, take their focus off of something else they could be doing, uh, defend a, a country that sh- should have borders, oh, just like oh. we have borders. <laughs> do um, we? Yeah, in theory. Um that could, that's there's an argument for that. Mm-hmm. There's not an argument for what we're doing, which no. is coming out and telling the Russians, "Hey, we're basically sending weapons and training. Uh, you know, we're, we are using our military personnel to help the targeting in Ukraine. We're taking we're taking our material and our military personnel and helping Ukrainian military find the precise target." Where a missile should strike to not only blow up uh, Russian military, uh, you know, depots and such, but also, you know, troops and uh, ships and and ships and airplanes. And And it's like that is much more than, hey, we we're Amazon. We just deliver weapons. That's different. Very different. We've, and, we've become the geek squad. We're setting up all the material. And they know it. Um, listen, I asked my producers to uh, get Jerry Boykin because I knew if he was for the war, he had the best chance of convincing me because I respect him so much. Mm-hmm. He has the best chance of convincing me that it is right because I'll, I'll listen to his argument. And uh, and he knows it inside and out. And he's not a warmonger. Uh, so I asked him to be on. Andy Biggs is on because he is introducing the legislation to stop all this. Uh, and I think he'd have the best case, you know, on my side. But I'm going to start out with my pros and cons, why I think we shouldn't go to war, the pros and the cons. And then I'm going to listen to Jerry Boykin and Andy Biggs. And I don't know. I might change my mind. You might change your mind. That's tomorrow night at 9 p.m. on the Blaze TV. It is so critical that you get the information that you need, and we do all of this research with your help. Subscribers, thank you for what you've already done. And if you can subscribe to us now, I know. It's a it's a cup of two cups of coffee at Starbucks, or a coffee and a half every month. Um, but it is so critical. We rely on you. Please join us at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you'll save. It is blazetv.com slash Glenn. That special airs tomorrow night. All right. Our sponsor is LifeLock. Going to come as a shock to you, but according to uh, gizmodo.com, one of the most hacked sites in the country is California. They can't even uh, keep the Internet safe from scum and villainy in California. The uh, this is averaging close to 75,000 victims a year just in California. Losses mounting to over one point two billion dollars. That's one state one year. This is why LifeLock is so important, because if you think any of these guys in in any in any government role is helping you i I highly doubt it i highly doubt it right now you can get 25 percent off a subscription that is looking for you looking out for you protecting the little guy in this keep you safe and they have an a, a access to a restoration team 
if somebody does slip by them and you have your information hacked into. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. So join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or go to LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK at LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I still uh, don't believe that we're going to be hit by uh, nuclear weapons, but I'm I'm less convinced of it today than I have been. Oh, here comes one now. Uh, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is um, there is the nuclear war. What does it mean? Special we did last week, and you can watch it on demand on the Blaze uh, TV. I, it might be up on YouTube, uh, and it's got some real good, useful information. Unlike the business cider of where to hide and where not to hide from a nuclear blast. Um, it, where not to hide, I thought was interesting. Uh, you shouldn't hide in a log cabin. Oh man, that's what? that was the number. But I just one. built a log cabin for shelter. Yeah, right. I thought for sure trees won't burn. Right, right. I've seen the videos. They, <laughs> right. they some of those trees keep standing. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program.